0: And I also moved into a place of gratitude in that moment, realizing how grateful I am that I do know a different journey. I do know a different reality. And that is soul. That is God. That is loving. And that is ever-present right now in this moment. And that's found by going inward and upward, not downward and outward. And so... For the remainder of the day, and for much of this day, I have been paying more and more attention as to where is my focus. And it's so funny because I realized a few times today, as I was walking past my office door, I would look in there and there was a part of me that just wanted to go running in there and start doing all that was on my desk yet, get it handled, get it done, and my mind began to carry me back into the past of all the things that were waiting for me to do that were incompletes. And I could feel this anchor, this weight that was drawing me like a suction, drawing me into that room. And I looked in there and I just said, God bless you. God come present in you now. And God dwell there now as I dwell with God. And the energy left. And and I realized something that I've done ever since I was a teenager. Long before I knew anything about the spiritual journey in the sense that I know today. Long before I met my first physical spiritual teacher who gave me a greater understanding of what I had been experiencing in this inner journey. And what I realized was that ever since a teenager, I have done one thing, and that is every morning when I wake up, I ask that the Holy Spirit come in me, around me, and through me in all that I do, and that the grace of the Holy Spirit go before me and guide every step that I take so that I live and dwell within God's loving and in God's consciousness in all that I do. And that that grace go before before me, removing any and all disturbances and distractions that I ever stay present and focused in and on God. And I realized as I was putting God into the room, calling God present in there, that that's just exactly what I've always done. But I also realized that I had gotten into a routine of doing that of doing it in the morning, and then not really maybe doing it a big part of the day. And oftentimes, we will do that to ourselves. We'll create routines. We'll we will create habit patterns that we just do, and then it's forgotten. It's done. Even our meditations can be that way. And yet, the meditation is really about becoming a living prayer, about becoming the living, loving essence of the Lord, not just in our meditation, but then to carry that throughout the whole day, to let that living, loving radiance that we are live in us and through us, around us, every moment of every day, every breath of every moment of every day. And so I began to look this morning as I was walking past that office to go and sit and do my meditation that I now want to reclaim that action of asking for the Holy Spirit to go before me in all that I do, wherever I go, and that it guide my steps, and it removes any and all disturbances and distractions so that I'm ever staying present and focused on God first, and that God lives and dwells in all that I do, in all that I say, and that anything that is not of God Just drop away, so that I live in the present moment of God, now, here. And it was an amazing day for me, because as I did that, things were so simple. Things were so easy to do, to handle, to be present with. And they didn't have that sense of urgency, of responsibility, of have to. Everything had a sense of joy. Everything I moved into, everything I moved toward, had a sense of joy in it. Because I found an essence of God's loving in all that I was doing. Whether it was on the phone, whether it was doing the emails, whether it was talking with people at the house, or whatever. And I became very aware of it after I finished my meditation I had to get ready for the day because I had someone coming early to work on some stuff with me on the lawn that I wanted to have done. Just something very simple, but that I, he needed to come early because he had the rest of the day to to take care of other, elsewhere. So he showed up, and we started going through the whole yard, and I was showing him some things I wanted done, and he was pointing out some problem areas. and And as we were going along, I began to get caught up in all these details, and my mind was going, he's not writing any of this down. How is he going to remember this? And my mind became so focused on all the things that I was telling him, and my mind was saying, he's not going to remember this. You better write this down. You've got to go back in the the house and write this down for him because he's not going to remember this. And so as we were walking along and I'm focusing on my mind, all of a sudden I realized that I've gone into separation. I've gone into separation from him. I'm not paying attention to what he's saying. I'm not paying attention to what really needs to be handled here because I'm caught up in what's going on inside my mind. And so I stopped him for a moment and I said, oh, look, here comes some deer. I just needed to break the energy. I needed to, to change the focus of our conversation and get my mind distracted. And I have found that that often works for me. That when my mind is really running and it just won't stop, it won't listen to me, I distract it. I pull the attention away from it for a moment. And oftentimes the energy will drop. It will just drop to the ground, if you will. And then I can move forward in a different action because I have reclaimed authority over the mind. And that's important to do. And pay attention to, is it the mind running you or is it the loving that is that divine essence in you calling you into action and carrying you forward into the next step? And so as we did that and we looked up at the deer, he said, oh, you know what? I should go out to my truck and get a pad. I just realized you're giving me a lot of information and I'm going to forget it. And it just, there was a joy, I almost wanted to just say thank you, (laughs) because there was a joy that came present. And I realized that all I had to do was let go of the energy that I had running and that I was holding on to, to try to make something happen, and just let it happen. Oftentimes I found that to be true in my own life, that when I'm trying to figure something out, I can't figure it out. And it doesn't get figured out, and it doesn't change, and it doesn't stop, and it doesn't go away, and it doesn't get solved. But the moment I stop, the moment I change my focus, the moment I change my action, things change. And oftentimes the solution just appears. Somebody else comes and gets it done. Somebody else has the solution and can assist me or give me the direction by which to go. And sometimes it just walks away or it drops away because it wasn't really important anyway. I was just making it important. So in your daily life, begin to pay closer attention to the action of your life. And are you in reaction or are you in action? And that's what I was being aware of over these last two days, very strongly so. Those places in my life where I still allow myself to go into reaction or to get caught up in reaction that is of this world and that is ever trying to hold me here, that is ever trying to distract me back down and out in my focus. So this afternoon... I sat down and I was meditating for a while. And as I was meditating, all these images started floating up, just floating up. And they were all about Israel. And it was really a surprise to me because I hadn't even thought of, of Israel in, in any way, shape, or form for a long time. But all these images started coming up and then I began to see something very profound for me. When I was in Israel, I was with a group of people, an archeologist was taking us on this journey. We started in Jerusalem, went to Bethlehem, and through all these areas around Galilee, and then back to Jerusalem to complete the journey over a two week period. And during that time, the archeologist is ever taking us to all these sites of religious significance and importance in the time of Jesus, and in some in the Jewish history. And people were looking at these sites and making them very special in their minds, many of them that were on the trip. And we would see people, other groups, coming and and, and literally kissing the stones where they thought Jesus was buried or where Jesus was born or where Jesus had walked or different places that had religious significance. And I began to realize in my experiences, I was witnessing all of this inside of me again, an awareness I had as we were walking and journeying through Israel. And that was that the inner focus of the inner journey of our own lives is much like that outer journey that I was taking in Israel. And I was aware of an inner journey as I was walking these trails and these roads and these pathways and through these buildings and on these hills. I was ever walking the inner journey, paying attention to that inner focus of what is the symbology here? What is the significance here? What is the, this place teaching me about my inner journey for myself? And then I began in my meditation To look around my own world, my own house, this place here, the people I know in this, this time, and to begin to look and see what is all of this teaching me? What is all of this sharing with me about my inner journey? Because everything is a reflection, everything. Absolutely everything in this creation is a reflection of a truth inside of yourself that you are to wake up to, that you are to become aware of. Some things that reflect back to us are inanimate objects, such as the walls of this room and all the things in this room. And then others are the people that are in our lives, the animals that are in our lives, the plants that are in our lives that have a greater dynamic of life force in them that are reflecting back to us their truth of life, their experience of this journey. And they are all a reflection of our own inner process. But oftentimes, just like I do, we will get caught up on the outer focus and the outer process that is taking place. And we'll get caught up in somebody else's problems, other people's disturbances, other situations that are taking place in and around our, our, our lives, in the physical. And that distracts us from our truth. It takes us away from our center. So as I was sitting in my meditation, I began to look at that. And what are the things that I allow myself to get caught up in? Well, I am a great caretaker. I love to take care of people, to assist them on their journey of life. But oftentimes if I'm not careful, that caretaker in me will try to do it for them rather than assist them in their journey. And that's something I've ever had to pay attention to. Sometimes I pay closer attention to it and handle it in a way that truly honors my action as well as the other person's action. And other times I do tend to get more caught up in that caretaking energy. And then it goes into more disturbance in myself, and a sense of obligation begins to form. So today, as I was going through this experience and looking at all this, and looking at these outside reflections, I began to see where I had gone into those places of obligation in this world with my mom, my father, my brother, and other situations in my life that I've had. And as I began to look at all those, I realized how much I still had of my own life force placed in some of these areas. I'd actually taken a part of myself, my life force, my loving, and placed it with another person or placed it with a situation outside of myself. And part of me was still living there in that situation or with that person, trying to resolve it, trying to help it. And so in the end of my meditation, I was going through reclaiming all that I had placed outside of myself, all that loving that I placed with others. I just reclaimed it. But I didn't leave that place empty and void. Instead, I said, as I reclaim that which is of me, in my loving, I ask for the loving of God and the grace to be placed here to fill that which now I remove my loving from. That your loving remain with them and assist them in their journey further. And as that happened, a whole new sense of presence came forward in me. And a greater sense of quiet and peace Now, as I've shared this, I suspect that some of you have gone, ooh, that's me. I've experienced that. I know what you're talking about. Pay attention in your daily life and see how often you forget God in your journey. Pay attention and see how often you make the outer more important than the inner. Pay attention And see if when you get up from your meditation in the morning, if it's in the morning or in the evening or wherever, do you get up and leave your meditation practice in the chair or in the bed where you were doing that? And begin to see if you cannot bring, I mean, if you can bring God more present in the next moment. Bring your meditation present in the next moment. What is meditation? It's waking up into the loving that is the divine, living, loving essence of the soul within us. That's what meditation is about. So when you bring that meditative energy forward, you're bringing God present in the moment, with you in this moment. I remember... My first spiritual teacher I had when I was 18 years old, he said, until God lives consciously in every breath that you live, you are not living God consciously. You want to live aware of God's loving and aware of your breath at the same time and you cannot live physically without your breath and you cannot live spiritually without God's loving. It's God's loving that is the soul and it lives and dwells in the soul and it is the breath that lives and dwells within the body to keep it alive. And I began a journey, a practice of staying present as much as I could of my breath during those days after that conversation. And that's a challenge, to stay present to every breath that you take. And at the same time, pay attention to conversations, to events, to take care of homework at the time that I was doing. And then move into counting change for somebody and still keep God present, keep yourself present on the breath. And I wasn't aware of that until just recently. I was talking with somebody who is an initiate, and they said that in their meditation they were having a challenge. And that was that in their meditation they became very aware of every breath. They just became very aware of their breathing. And that's where their focus began to move to as they went more and more into the quiet. And then as they went further into the quiet, they became aware that they were not aware of their breath. And they feared that they had stopped breathing. And they could feel themselves rushing back to that place where they could be aware of their breath, that they were breathing, because they were afraid that they had stopped breathing and they were going to die physically. And they didn't want to do that. And so I said to them, I said, Next time that happens, tell yourself, it doesn't matter if my body stops breathing. I'm going on. I'm going on this journey further. And I know God in God's way will keep that body breathing and take care of it. A few days later, they called and they said, Oh, my God, I did it. I moved past the fear by focusing on God's loving and knowing that God was going to take care of my body and keep it breathing if necessary, and if it stopped breathing and it died, I knew in that moment I was moving forward on a wonderful journey. And I had no concern about my body. And I moved further along the journey path. And I had this experience and that experience. And that is a key on this inner quest. Do not let your fear stop you. Do not let it hold you back. Move through whatever is in the way of you and the Lord. In that moment, his fear that he was going to die physically because he he had stopped breathing was the fear that he had to confront. I have confronted so many layers of fear inside of me things that this world has placed on me, things that I have created inside of me that I have just had to walk through to get to the other side and see what was there. And truly, fear does not exist other than by the power we give to it to exist. And the moment we do not give it power, it dissolves. It's gone. It is no more. And we can continue our journey, whether it be in the daily world, walking through it and accomplishing, or on the inner journey and in the inner worlds. So in your meditation practice and in your daily life, do what you can to keep God present and to keep yourself present in the moment with God and not get caught up in the past and not to get caught up in the future. And that's where these physical elements of self do often live and dwell. We worry about the future and how we're going to make enough money to pay off all these debts. Or about the dentist. Or about a doctor appointment. Or about the car that's breaking down. And we're ever living out in the future with all of that. And at the same time, we're living in the past. We're dwelling on the conversation that happened three weeks ago with Aunt Sally. And why didn't I say this? I should have, you know, I'm I'm just not smart enough. She just outwitted me again. If I had just stayed present and said these things, it would have answered everything and she'd leave me alone. I'm going to remember this. And you just start running all these things about all this conversation you should have had and you're going to have because of what happened. You're trying to solve something that's in the past. Leave it alone and learn from it and bring the lesson forward. And then the next time something comes forward, you will have the lesson present to live then into its fullness. It won't be living in the past. Because I can guarantee if you continue holding to the past, dwelling on what you and Aunt Sally said and didn't say, the next time you're in conversation with Aunt Sally, That which you would like to say is going to be in the past. It will not be present with you. And you'll walk away from that next encounter with her going, Oh my God, I forgot again. Why am I forgetting? Why am I not remembering these things? Why don't I do it? It's because you're holding it in the past as a judgment, as a fear. Bring it present and resolve it in the moment that is in the moment to be resolved. I find when I do that in my life, and I don't always do it, and Brian can attest to that, but when I do it, my life is easy. My life is simple. And that's what this pathway is. It's an easy and simple pathway. Jesus spoke of it about the burden is light. It is easy for us to look at this world and to see the burdens that we carry and think they are horrendous. They are terrible. They are heavy. They are beyond us being able to carry them all. But we do. We do. We take the next step. We take the next breath. We go into the next experience because that's what the soul is going to do. But I do know one thing. If you don't like what's present in your life, change it. Do something different. The next time you meet Aunt Sally, say absolutely nothing. Don't even say hello. Don't say goodbye. Don't say a thing. Do something totally different and see what happens. The next time you see Aunt Sally, you start talking and you don't stop. You just keep talking. You talk about the day. You talk about what's been going on, about what you've been thinking about, what you're going to do next, where you're going on your vacation. You just talk until she leaves (coughs) because you're not giving her time to yell at you or whatever it is she does to you. The next time you get together with her, you do something totally different again. Every time she starts talking to you, you ask her a question. When she answers that, ask her another question. When she answers that, ask her another question. When she answers that, ask her another question. And so she says, okay, well, I don't have time. I'll talk to you later. If you approach a situation every time in a different way, in a different action, not a reaction, but a different action, (coughs) you will find it dropping away or you will find a resolution in it very, very quickly, it will change. If you bring change into a situation, it will change. But if you bring the same pattern into it over and over and over, guess what you get? The same thing over and over and over. So make an experiment and do something just totally different tomorrow. One thing, brush your teeth with the opposite hand you normally use. That's a great experience to have. It's an amazing experience because it makes you very present of the moment. You'd be surprised how often you just brush your teeth, never thinking about what tooth you're hitting, what tooth you're not. (coughs) Am I getting everything done? You just do it, it's done. And then an hour later you're going, did I brush my teeth? If you brush your teeth with the other hand, the opposite hand from what you usually write with or eat with, <coughs> you are going to have a different experience. I can guarantee you one thing. You'll either brush your teeth longer than you've ever brushed them before, or you'll brush them in a shorter time than you've ever done them before because it's so uncomfortable. But when you do change, the one thing you don't want to do is to go back into the old pattern when you're in the process of bringing about change. So if you do it, do it fully with the other hand. Do not change your hand. Experience it to the fullness. Experience the frustration. Experience whatever it is that comes up in the moment with it. And make a commitment that I will not do it the old way in this moment. Just in this moment. This isn't a lifelong change. It's just in the moment. But you'll be surprised what happens in your consciousness when you do it. Because your consciousness will become very present. You'll be very aware of everything you're doing. It'll feel very strange to you. And that strangeness will cause all these things inside of you to come present and go, no, what are you doing? We have to do it this way. You're left-handed, you're not right-handed. What are you doing? all you have to do is let yourself know we're doing this for the moment and this is change and I'm going to start doing change let yourself know I am now changing I am now going to do my life differently when I do my meditations I often will do that because I will find myself in my meditation chanting the name of God over and over and over And if I'm not really paying attention to the action of loving, I get into the road of it and the habit of it and it just goes on and on and nothing ever happens. I bring change into that. The moment I become aware of it, I bring change. And I stop and I do something totally different. I will focus on God and I just say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And then I start chanting the name of God again. And then I stop and I'll chant the hue or the anti-hue for a while. And then I stop and I'll say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I'm opening to receiving your loving now. And I move into the river of loving with you and then I chant the name of God again. I keep moving the energy forward. I never let myself stagnate in my meditation. I wish I could say the same in my daily life. But... That's just how it is. I know where I truly want the loving to come present and for God to be present in my life and that's in my meditation first. And I know that if I truly wake up to the divine moment of loving in there that that divine moment will carry into the day and live on into the next moment into the next moment and the next breath. So I hope that Some of the things that I've shared this evening stir something inside of you, to look at things a little bit differently, to approach things a little bit differently. Difference is good. Sameness is good, too. There's nothing wrong with doing the same thing over and over and over. We learn the lesson eventually. The only challenge with doing the same thing over and over and over, sometimes we don't learn it in one lifetime. Sometimes we learn it in three or four lifetimes and that's the truth. If we're focused in a downward and outward action, downward and outward into the world and the experience of the world through that awareness, it will often take us four lifetimes to learn a lesson. What is is karma but unlearned lessons? It is under the fourth generation that the sins of the father shall pass. That's talking about it can take four lifetimes, four generations, for that which we are the father of today to be resolved, to be learned, to be experienced, to be completed. I don't want to wait four lifetimes to learn a lesson. I want to learn it as soon as I can in this lifetime and move forward into what's next. And that's part of the inward and upward focus. The inward and upward action in this walk into spirit. It's to stay present in the moment, handle the moment, learn in the moment, experience in the moment, complete in the moment, and move forward into the next moment, which is where God is now. When I was a child... Well, I was actually a teenager at the time. On the inner levels, I was given a meditation technique. And it was a technique to help me understand more about how to stay present in the moment. And it's actually in the Knowing of God book. And that's where you hold your focus upon the face of a clock and watch the second hand just slowly begin to tick away the seconds, one by one by one. And pay attention to how much you can stay present with just the movement of that second hand, staying present in the moment and not let your mind get involved, not let your emotions distract you, and not let your body go into disturbance with this action. And it is amazing to really learn to stay present in the moment that way. So find the way For you to stay present in the moment. I remember when I was at work one day, and I was in disturbance, much like what I was just describing about with this boiling, this bubbling in my in my system. I took out a piece of paper and a pen, and I just began to count. One, two, three, four, just counting off. The seconds in my mind. I didn't want to be watching the clock, my watch, because if I did, my boss would have been wondering, "What's he watching?" It's only nine o'clock in the morning. What's he watching his watch for? You know, he's not going to get out of here any earlier by watching it. So I would do this every once in a while, just count the seconds off that way. He just thought I'm sure I was working on something. But in my own way, I'd, I had a lot of spiritual journey action in my work there because of the opportunities I had created for myself. So I just started counting that. Or I would pay attention and I would count my breaths. Now, with the seconds, I would just do a line. But with my breaths, I would do a check. And I used to take those home. And I had them stuck in, my, in the headboard at home. I don't know why, but they were important to me. There was something sacred in that action, and I didn't want to just wad them up and throw them away. So I put in my headboard, until finally the headboard was so full, they had these drawers, and I would try to open them up and and stick a piece of paper without having something fall out. (laughs) But it was just something I didn't want to throw away. Well, one day my mother was cleaning my room, I was on vacation visiting my aunt and uncle in California, and I was coming home, and she thought, well, I'll straighten his room up and get it all ready for him. So she went in, and there was this little piece of paper kind of sticking out from where I hadn't pushed it all the way in. And so she pulled it open, and it just came tumbling out on both sides, all these pieces of paper with checks or with lines on them, <laughs> literally, literally. I don't know how many of them, but lots of them. (laughs) She looked at them and she said, no, why is he keeping these? And so she threw them away. So I come home, I go to work, I'm doing my little marks, whatever they were that day. I come home and I start to slip the door open to sticks up again, and there's nothing there. (laughs) I thought it was a miracle. (laughs) I thought somehow they became so sacred, God took them or something. I didn't know what happened. I rushed over and I opened the other one and it was empty too. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm going, did I did I throw those away? What did, did I forget something? You know, I thought something had happened. And then I thought, no, this is really something magical. Something really magical happened. So I'm sitting there in the room at night. And my mother walks in, the doors are open and... She's, she said, Well, are you all settled? Are you comfortable? And I said, Oh, yeah, everything's fine. I'm unpacked and everything. And she said, Oh, I see you saw I cleaned up your room. And I said, What? And she said, Yeah, I threw all those pieces of paper. They all fell out when I opened the door. And so I just threw them away and I kind of sighed. I had a, I had a sigh of relief. One, that I hadn't forgotten something I had done. Two, That it wasn't this miraculous thing and I had to try to figure it out or or what was going on. And three, I didn't have to throw them away because somebody else took care of it for me. And in that moment, it was okay then for me to throw them away. I didn't need to keep them. They weren't sacred. The action was sacred. The paper wasn't. I learned so much in that moment and my mother was the solution to that. She taught me a great lesson. These things weren't important. They were just pieces of paper, but I made them important. I made something in the outer, sacred, holy, something I had to keep to remind me of something. Well, I knew what I needed to do inside. I didn't need a reminder. I mean, they weren't much of a reminder. They were behind these wooden doors. I never saw them, except when I tried to open it up to stick another piece of paper and cram it in there. So... I learned something very powerful and that was don't make anything in the world sacred. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Because nothing in this world, in this creation out here is sacred. It is a reflection. It doesn't even exist. It's all illusion. The only thing that is sacred is that which dwells inside of you, your soul. And you will not know that which is sacred in the world until you know that which is sacred in you. And the moment you know that which is sacred in you, your divine, living, loving essence of the Lord that is your soul in you, the moment you know that, you will look out here and you will see all that is sacred in this world. And I'll tell you what it is. It's you. You are that which is sacred. The only thing that dwells in this world that is sacred is the soul. And nothing else is sacred. Nothing else is true or real. So if you want to truly know the sacred in this creation, wake up inside. Go inside. Wake up inside and know the soul that you are, the divine that you are. And then you can open your eyes and look into this world from that place of the divine knowing inside yourself and you will see all that is sacred in this creation. And it will be dwelling in every person in this creation. Everyone. And then you will see that you are one with them and they are one with you because it is the divine that we connect into the oneness, not in this body, not in this world, but in the soul, in the spirit, we are one. So do whatever you have to do to have God first and to have nothing separate you from the Lord. And do not look into this creation to find the sacred because it's not here in this world to be found. It's inside. Then you will be able to witness the sacred, but you will not ever find it. You will not even be able to walk up to somebody who knows the sacred inside of them and truly be able to get the truth for yourself. You will still have to go inside to get it. That's the only place that your truth resides. When I look at you, I look at your divinity. I see that which is the Lord living in you. I do not see your problems, your challenges, your faults, or whatever, that you believe to be true in your life. I am to see the divine in you and only the divine. And that's what Brian sees in you as well. And we hold for you, we listen with you, we walk with you on this journey, ever holding that you wake up to the divine in you as well. And we are here to be the reflection, as all of this and all of us are reflections for each other, but not of your imperfection, but of your perfection, of your divinity, of your loving, of your joy, of your peace that you might begin to believe it, to see it, to know it for yourself by us reflecting it back to you, by saying, I know you're loving, I know your soul, I know your spirit, I know your truth, and to truly have you wake up into that as well. So, That's my last two days. (laughs) I'm really approaching my life as an experiment, just as Brian was talking a little bit about experiment earlier and how this next few months of doing it on Sundays rather than Tuesday night class is an experiment. I'm doing my day, my journey, my quest as an experiment. I don't want to forget my journey, my learning, my opportunities of growth. I want to keep them present with me so that, one, I can continue moving forward in my journey, but two, that I can assist those that are on this journey to understand it better. It's important for me to remember, to know, to live the truth of myself and its wholeness as I live in the moment in that wholeness and so I'm living my days as an experiment as an experience to discover and to remember and to refresh my life into the spirit that I am. So I think that's it for the night (laughs) so thank you all very much. And I guess we'll see you next Tuesday.